Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's our second show of the second season of The Love of Acting. And of course, we have to bring on somebody from Canada. Yesterday, we had an LA actor, Rich Ting. So today, we are uh, making sure that we balance things out with an actor from Vancouver. Please welcome for, uh, to the program, Tyler Cotton. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I, I love, uh, I love, love, love uh, Canadian actors. I have at least 30 to 40% of all of my interviews, which now your interview 136. So you're, yeah, uh, in, in seven months, uh, less, yeah, seven, seven and a half months. So, uh, and at least again, 30 to 45% uh, of, uh, of the people that I interview are either from Toronto or from Vancouver. And we've been uh, doing more and more Vancouver uh, kind of as we started uh, rolling along. So very happy to, uh, to have you on. Perfect, happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, the way I wanted to start this out because I, I've seen uh, kind of you talk about your love of acting and that's you know, what this show is about. So oh. where, where does your love of acting come from? Um, well, I mean, my love of acting all started with my dad. My dad had a show in Calgary where I'm from called the pet guys mm -hmm. and i used to go on the show every once in a while i was really young and i would do like commercials for it and and some radio work for it so it all kind of started there and then my dad got into doing some acting in calgary so then i was like you know like i, I want to do that so then I, I joined him we did a few a few background gigs in Calgary and then I took a break just to go through school and then after school I took a year off and I did background work again I did background work on Hell on Wheels by myself and and I got to chat with some of the actors on there and I was like yeah you know what this is it this is what I want to do and then I packed my bags and moved to Vancouver and I was like this is it the rest is history. Yeah. So how did, again, I, you know, your dad introduced you to the industry, which is great, you know, host to host, thanks dad. Um, yeah. How, how did your parents react to you deciding that this is really what you wanted to know? Um, I think they were a little scared. They were very supportive though, um, which, which I'm really grateful for. Before acting, I was considering going into nuclear physics, which isn't in the same field at all it's it's quite different so I think when I said I remember the moment I was driving home from set after doing background work on on Hell on Wheels and I was like yeah you know what this is this is what I want to do and I remember them they're like okay but is is nuclear physics out of the question and I was like yeah yeah it is so, so this is what I want to do well, uh, in a way, those are related, and, and I'm going to try to uh, splice them. Yeah, there's the first pun. Uh, I know you like puns, so I'm definitely... Uh, I do. I really like puns. Um, I think in a way that there is some relation to these, because uh, as a nuclear physicist, you may be working for years without anything happening, which is very oh. similar to acting. Uh, you may have a big explosion, which is, again, similar to, uh, to acting. Exactly. And, uh, there was one more that I came up with that I'll that I'll come back to uh, later, but there's 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 some parallels that uh, that you can go to, but yeah, I, I have a 16 year old daughter and an 11 year old son, so now my daughter is uh, she's a you know musical theater kid, so she wanted to go to school for uh, for theater, and I said no, uh, you know maybe a minor, but uh, no being 
being an actor myself uh, and you know talking to so many uh, actors uh, on the show uh, knowing what the industry is about uh, I did not you know uh, well me as a parent I guess and in the states it's a little bit different from Canada but uh, for us to go to college you know 25 to 45k a year uh, yeah. to go to college and to get a theater degree that you may never use and you may never become an actor and to have you know two hundred thousand dollars in debt with no usable degree is not something that i want for her so my my personal perspective is if you're an actor you're an actor um i never got the theater degree i just took lots and lots of classes and lots of workshops and worked so if you want to be an actor theater degree is not required it'll help you in some cases but it's not necessary so uh, that's why it's always interesting for me to hear kind of other parents' uh, perspectives uh, on that. But totally. I'm, glad, I'm glad your parents uh, uh, were supportive. And look, you know, your 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 second project, uh, you're uh, you're one of the stars on a Netflix uh, series, and that's that's awesome. It's uh, it was definitely shocking, for sure, yeah. Yeah. that well, because I was only supposed to be in one episode. Oh, that's how it started. Okay. Originally, yeah, Melvin was only meant to be in in his first episode, and mm-hmm. I guess they just liked the character, and I and I got along with the cast really well, and they just kept bringing me back. So every episode, I'm like, this is great. Wow. So did it start as a guest star? Or was it a co-star? And then it kind of kept on uh, going from. It there? was. It was just a, a a principal role. Okay. I was only meant to be. There were three or four scenes one of them ended up we didn't end up uh, filming it was cut from the script mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was just uh it was just a principal role yeah. uh yeah and then and then they just kept bringing me back and, and here i am and did the contract uh, i mean i you've been in part two part three now part four so did the contract uh, change or was it still hey we'll call you if we need you type of thing um, it was still kind of, we'll call you if you need, if we need you. Okay. Um, I would get a text from my agent if I was in the next episode, which was always a text I was looking forward to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which that was, that was, that was it. I would just get a text and, and I would be super excited. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the life of an actor, right? You, you get so attached to a particular show and then you don't know, right? I mean, you you may or may not be getting anything. You kind of want to move on, but you don't want to move on. And you're in that perpetual state of uh, not knowing what's happening. So that's, that's totally. really part of an actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, it's just such a scary industry where you just never know. Right. So it's, yeah, it's going back to, to, parents reactions I mean I totally I totally understand uh your perspective my parents perspective it's a scary thing um I mean I'm like I I was scared going into it I can't imagine as as a parent having a child go into it I'm like like that's it's it's tough for sure and it's also it's also a thing and again not not uh kind of uh downplaying my daughter's desires but you know (laughs) I I'm very attuned to knowing if it's the only thing you want to do and you're great at it and that's your life then I would be fully on board regardless but with her it's fun she's good she enjoys it but I don't see that this is my only ambition in life this is my only pursuit I see this as more of a uh, something fun uh, to do with friends and I want to continue doing it 
And mm -hmm. that a career does not make. Because in our, in our industry, in, our, um, in, in order for a career to work out, there's obviously an element of luck to it and being in the right place at the right time. But you have to work your butt off and you have to do it for years. And you have to make, uh, be a professional at it. And if you're not fully invested in it, it's just not going to happen. So uh, I, I'm also looking kind of to see if she's fully into it. And I don't see that level. That's why I said, okay, yeah, maybe a minor. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I mean, I did a lot of musical theater throughout high school. And yeah. it was just, you know, like it was something fun. And I really enjoyed doing it. But I was always like, oh, nuclear physics. And then it wasn't until I took a year off. Mm -hmm after high school and I, I continued doing it and it was always in the back of my mind as something but I mean I also grew up in, in a small town in Alberta so the idea of, of acting was 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 a pipe dream yeah um but yeah it wasn't until I took that year off where and then did some acting by myself where I was like no this is this is what I want to do so mm -hmm. let's go let's go give it my all so maybe it just takes time Maybe. Um, who, who knows? It's, uh, it's true, right? For everybody, it was, uh, it's, it's different. You know, for me, uh, when I was a kid, acting, 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 that's the only thing I wanted to do. Then it became acting and tennis. And those mm -hmm. were the two things that I only care about and everything else. Well, then there was poetry. Poetry, so it was three things. Acting, tennis, poetry. Those were my three endeavors, and I was spending all of my time on that. So, like, until I see that level of uh, craziness, <laughs> then, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to stay, uh, stay put. Um, I read one thing that, uh, that made me uh, feel sorry for you, but also made me relate because I broke my uh, arm in high school. And I remember that experience. You broke both of your arms in high school. So I want to know the story. What happened? I'll tell you mine after you tell me. Oh, uh, it's so embarrassing. It's actually two separate stories because I because they're both arms. They happened about a week apart from each other. Oh um, the first arm, so my, it was my left arm, it was my wrist. I, it, was, it was in gym class and we were playing soccer and I was in goal and I went to dive for the ball. Oh. And the ball just, I guess, hit my wrist in a weird way yeah. and broke it. Okay. And so I was like, I remember... Oh God, I was made fun of so much. Cause I was like, my wrist really hurts. And it wasn't until the gym teacher was like, let's like, I think you broke your wrist. So then I left school and I came back to pick up homework and everything. And I had this bright orange cast on my wrist. And then about a week later in gym class, again, we were playing dodgeball. And I was like, you only need one hand, you know, you catch and you throw, that's it. Right. So I was like, I'm good. I can play. And I wasn't the most athletic person in, in high school. And so the fact that I thought I could even catch a ball was astonishing to me. But I, I one of the like jocks whipped a dodgeball at me and I went to catch it and I missed and it hit my thumb and broke it. And it like it almost tore the ligament and everything. So then. I didn't say anything to anyone all day. And I remember being on the bus on my way home, texting my mom. I was like, hey, I think I broke my thumb. 
Let, let's pause for a second. How were you texting? Because one of your arms is in the cast. So like, you know, I, it wasn't, it, it wasn't uh, smooth at all. It wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like that. Yeah. It was, it was much like I had it in my broken hand or my broken wrist. And then I, I had like this claw that I was trying to type with. And so then my mom took me to, or my dad, one of my parents took me to the, to the emerge again. And then they, they were like, yeah, it's, it's broken. So then I had that wrapped as well. And I, yeah. So then I was, I was a lobster for a while. Did you, did it go above the, above the. No, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like up here. It was just like, just below the elbow on both. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. I had to write final exams like that. Yeah. Which was, was a little tough. I learned how to write without using my thumb. I don't have a pen close by or else I would show you how I would hold a pen because it was quite interesting. Wow. Uh, well, I, I imagine, you know, something, something like this. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of like that. I used my, my, uh, my pointer finger as my thumb, basically. Jesus. Uh, my, my, I mean, your, yours were, yours were cool. Mine was just plain stupid. Uh, I came to the United States at the age of 14 from the former Soviet Union. So here I am at a party, you know, freshman year. I don't speak English. I speak a little bit, but for the most part, I don't speak English. And I'm trying to show off. I've always been a fan of martial arts. I did a little bit of martial arts before. So for whatever reason, unbeknownst to me still, I decided that I'm going to prove to everybody how great I can kick. And again, we'll talk about your bow staff in a, in a second as well. So uh, I decide that I'm going to kick the ceiling. Uh, I'm going to jump up and kick the ceiling. And the two bad parts of that story is that, A, I did not kick the ceiling. I missed. And then I landed on my wrist going down. And broke it, obviously. And then I remember kind of... Uh, calling my dad and saying, dad, don't worry, I'm okay, but I'm pretty sure I broke my wrist. And then go to the emergency room, get the cast. So I am, you know, in a school, people don't know who the hell I am with a broken wrist. But then I decided to get a cool haircut, which my parents hated. So they shaved my head. So I was, I was that kid who, uh, you know, broken wrist, shaved head, didn't speak English. I had lots and lots of fun in freshman year. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I totally feel that. I was saying with my, my lobster claws. Yeah, uh, I had my lobster 20, 30 years later, actually even more because two years ago, I broke my left wrist, same wrist again, also yeah. being an idiot. We, uh, we went to uh, Portland or Seattle, I think Portland, my wife and I, and then we were doing, um, uh, what is it called? The thing that you kind of stand on and it drives on its own. Um, it's, I forgot what it's called. Anyway, I'll remember in a second. It's, it's a, oh, like one of those hoverboards. It's not a hoverboard, but the idea is similar, but you kind of stand. Oh, Segway, Segway. Segway right. That's yeah. it. Okay. So we took a Segway tour. I've done Segways before. I'm really good at it. And then I was just being an idiot because I'm having trouble. I am being an idiot. Thank you, Siri. Um, <laughs> and then I decided to pass uh, people because they were too slow and I'm too cool and I'm too fast. So I decided to pass them by going off road, which I've done before. 
Unfortunately for me, in this particular instance, there was a huge tree with lots of roots that I didn't see. Next thing I know is I am flat on, uh, on the ground. And then I go like this, I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. And then it starts blowing up and uh, getting all sorts of sore. We go to the uh, you know, emergency room thinking it's just a bruise. It's broken in three places. So, oh. and then I had to go with this thing. It, it was above the elbow. So I was like this. I was uh, typing like this. Uh, yeah. We have that for a number of weeks. Then they give you a smaller one like you had. So yeah. Uh, the, one of the only reasons why I'm telling this story, aside from uh, telling you not to, uh, not to be the idiot that I am, is that the foolish things that you do when you're a kid, they, you may not grow out of them. So, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> Please heed my advice and and uh, you know try to be more careful than I was. Yeah, I, I mean I've had my my fair share of, of broken bones with both my wrists. I also I think the year before I, I turned into a lobster, I I broke my toe in kickboxing. Yeah. I when you kick like your foot's not supposed to be at an angle yep. like mine was, and the bag swung back. And this is a little gross, so if, if people don't skip ahead like 30 seconds, uh, the nail in my big toe went into my toe and broke the growth plate mm. in it. And uh, it just started bleeding. So that's what I was shocked about. And then, and then they brought me to the, the ER and I broke my toe. And because it was the growth plate, I was on crutches. Yeah. So I was like, that's great. Love this. And then the, the year later, I was a lobster. So did you continue kickboxing? How long did you do it? Um, I've done kickboxing a few times on and off. Okay. Um, I, I did it when I was really young. I don't even know for how long. And then I joined it again and then I broke my toe. And then I didn't come back to it until maybe like a year or two ago. I, I got back into it but and, and doing, doing more boxing stuff um, now. And how did the bow stuff uh, come into play? Um, well, the bow staff is, I'm a big comic book fan. Mm -hmm. And my favorite character is Robin, like Batman and Robin, Robin, and he yeah. has a bow staff. So I was always like, like, I want to learn how to do that. And I, and I want it to kind of relate or translate into my acting in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. So I had a, a friend of mine who was in into stunt acting and everything and I, I i got to contact with them and i was like do you know anyone that knows how to like fight with a bow staff like a weirdly specific question yeah. and he was like yeah i i, I do actually mm -hmm. so he put me in contact with uh michelle c smith who happens to do uh classes on stunt work with a bow staff so i was like well this is this is perfect so then i started working with her and i did that for a year and a bit, I think up until the pandemic started. Yeah. I was doing that and yeah, uh, it's super fun. I love doing it. I have a super small apartment, so I can't really flail mm. around a, a six foot bow staff at all. Um, so I haven't really touched it since the pandemic started, but once, once we're allowed back in classes and stuff, I'm going to try and pick that up again. Hey, they should have continued. I mean, this is you. You have you have a perfect uh, you know social. Yeah, you got six six feet right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you mentioned broken television. Apparently, this is what this show is about. Uh, yeah. My son, my 11-year-old, I just forced him to go into, uh, he did Taekwondo for a couple of years. He, uh, he didn't love it. And, you know, he started getting bullied. And, you know, Taekwondo, no offense to Taekwondo, but it's not self-defense. Uh, so I, I got him into a Jeet Kune Do, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, Jeet Kune Do, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, and Filipino martial arts, including Kali, uh, uh, school, which is really good. So you went on Monday, I, I took him, you went there, they immediately started, you know, showing him, you know, this is how you actually, you know, put, uh, yeah. put your hands together. Like they did not do a Taekwondo. They just expect you to break boards without telling you how to hit first. I had that conversation with them for many years. Anyway, so he goes there after that. He's just so sore. He's so sore because, you know, he's hitting and he's hitting with the wrong uh, uh, you know, wrong part of the hand. Uh, the, the arm is like this, or he's hitting like this. So he's just very, very sore. He's like, I'm never doing this again. I'm telling him, absolutely, you're doing it. This is the right school for you. Suck it up, man. The very next morning, I, I get him out of bed. You know, I wake him up because I wake uh, the kids up. I wake him up and then I hit both of my toes on his bed. And normally it's like, okay, 30 seconds, you know, it sucks. Yeah. My, one of my toes is still blue. Uh, I thought maybe I broke it. I didn't, but it's a huge bruise. So I'm like, you know what? I'm shutting up. I, I you know, I respect your soreness. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to just, you know, back off. Oh, man. There's nothing worse than a stubbed toe. I mean, there's lots of things worse than a stubbed toe, but a stubbed toe, like... For those thirty seconds, is is terrible. That's that's when my colorful language comes up. Same. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to acting, which is what the show should be about. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so you get on this uh, Netflix uh, show, right? So you're supposed to be there for one episode, and it just keeps going, which is awesome. Um, how did the character develop? Because as, the, you, as you keep getting more stuff from the writers, as an actor, you come up with your own kind of backstory, you take whatever you have, you start you know, filling in the gaps, and then they keep bringing you back. So did things evolve? Did the writers at some point have a conversation with you and saying, okay, we're kind of looking at you, so we're gonna make these modifications? How was mm -hmm. that process? It was interesting. I actually, I had quite a bit of freedom with with Melvin, which, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was kind of just whenever I would get the script, it was, it was a shock to see kind of what, what Melvin was doing. And it was really exciting yeah. because like, I'd always make, make like, I like make a meal out of getting one of the scripts. Cause you can only ever read it once as a fan. Yeah. Right. So, and I am, I am a fan of the show and, and, and of everyone's work. So I would sit down and I would read the whole script and whenever I would see Melvin stuff, I'm like, oh, Melvin's doing that? Like, oh, that's so exciting. And then, you know, you read the rest and then you start reading it as, as an actor going, okay, so this is kind of what I'm thinking for this and this is what I'm thinking for that. So for Melvin, it was really just kind of seeing what they had written and thinking to myself, okay, now where, where could, could they be going with this? Yeah. So for me, I mean, the my my favorite arc for for melvin would be because he is such a shy guy who's kind of keeps to himself i really like the idea kind of like the neville longbottom yeah uh, 
in Harry Potter is, yep. is, is what I think about, where he's that like kind of shy, awkward guy, but more into a leadership role almost and with a lot more confidence is kind of what I really liked um, for Melvin. And I feel like we definitely started to see mm-hmm. the beginnings of that. And you kind of look like Matt Lewis as well. So uh... I'll take it. He's a good looking guy. So yeah. thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and I've seen you working out and we've seen, you know, photos of him uh, uh, shirtless kind of uh, bop. So, you know, it's, it's a proper uh, analogy. We can go with it. Um, so did at any point, again, right now, you know, you can, uh, based, on, based on your look, you can play uh, quite a bit younger. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have your facial hair, you can play younger. So did they at any point kind of look at your photos and say, okay, dude, you know, no facial hair. We really, really need to go there. Yeah, it was really on set. It was really no, no facial hair at all. And, and actually I had to, unlike the 16 hour days that we would film, I had to shave twice because my hair, my facial hair comes in quite dark. So when I'm clean shaving, you can kind of still see like a five o'clock shadow almost. And it grows quite fast. I found out. So on those 16 hour days, I would have to shave before I got there. And then at lunch, I would have to shave again because they're like, wow, Melvin's really getting this fi- weird five o'clock shadow. So, yeah, it was definitely as little facial hair as possible for Melvin. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, he's a warlock. So technically you can, you can do all sorts of things, right? You know, it, oh. could, be, it could be a trick. You know, he could have <laughs> aged uh, just for fun. So, yeah, you never know. He could have just been like, you know, I want I want a goatee today. Yeah. And just snaps his fingers and it's like a wicked goatee. So you, you're the kind of guy that, I don't know if you've tried it yet because you may not have had an opportunity to do so, but you know, can you grow your beard uh, really fast? Um, I actually, I only got the opportunity to with, with this pandemic because every, every audition I do or anything like that is, mm-hmm. is quite young. So I end up shaving, mm-hmm. but during the pandemic, I really let it, let it grow out and I, and I got, I got quite a good beard going, which, which I called my isolation beard. I feel like in every movie, whenever someone isolates, they, yeah. they end up in this like super scruffy beard and long hair. And yep. I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of want to do that. So yeah, I let it grow out for however long. I think it was, it was heartbreaking when I had to shave it actually, yeah. but no, you got to do what you got to do. Um, my, my trick is that I start growing it. I know I don't have, you know, the four months uh, for it to really kind of fill it. I have three weeks, four weeks. So I grow it, I do the thing and then I go to face app and then I take a photo of myself and then the face app kind of fills in the rest of the beard. <laughs> and, and that's, that's kind of my thought. I'm like, okay, well, fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. And then I shave it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. Oh, beard yeah so uh what's next i know part four is kind of the last uh the last part uh, you know maybe they'll they'll continue it maybe there's going to be spin-off and all sorts of things that netflix may come up with and netflix is cool i love netflix um what's uh, what's next i heard that uh you did a short film you're writing a couple of short films for yourself what's going on next for you um, yeah, I had a short film. I don't know what's going on with the short film, actually. I think it's, it's hitting some festivals right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting into writing a lot more. Um, so I've got, I've got a few ideas and I've got a few writing partners that, that we're going to start, start 
really revving up on those those scripts pretty soon, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. And again, this is our industry, right? You have to you have to create your own content. You have to be totally. in control. Well, in whatever uh, modicum of control that we could actually be in our industry, but yeah, yeah, totally. And and I mean, like, we're so we're so lucky that we we live in the day and age that we do, where you know you can you can put stuff up on on YouTube, or you can you can start a web series, and you know maybe something happens with that. I mean, look at like Cobra Kai on Netflix right now. It was, it was a YouTube premium show yep. and now it's, it's on Netflix. And I think it's like number one on Netflix right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a great show. So that's, that's something to look at, right? Like being able to create your own stuff is, is, is quite available to us. Yeah. I mean, look at, this is what, uh, what I did uh, during the pandemic. Uh, I, I had no acting uh, roles, obviously, and I got sick of uh, taking workshops. And I said, "Hey, I, I want to talk to people. I'm going to start the show and see what happens." And you know, 106 totally. episodes later. So, yeah, which is which is great. Like it's that's what's so great about the internet right now. So, um, in terms of Vancouver, Vancouver uh, does a ton of CW stuff. Uh, it does a ton of Hallmark stuff. So, uh, any opportunities that uh, you're able to talk about? Uh, anything? Uh, that you've had a chance to audition for? Um, I'm just trying to think. A few, quite a few Hallmark uh, Christmas movies, mm -hmm. for sure. It's weird to have have Christmas during like the summer, but in Vancouver, that's that's what we have. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of ones that I can actually talk about because I think most of them I'm not necessarily allowed to. That's right. Um, I mean, like I'm, I'm a big fan. Like, like I said, I'm a big comic book fan. So I love that we have all of those, like the, the Arrowverse shows out here. Um, I'd love to be on one of those. I think that would be great. And yeah, I think, I think you can. And uh, I think both Hallmark and CW probably are a good, uh, a good fit for you. So uh, it'll be nice. Vancouver is awesome. I, any time, yeah. any time I talk to uh, to Vancouver actors, I hear how great the communities and uh, everybody's pulling for everybody it's not a large community there's no. a lot of work knock on wood because vancouver used to be kind of hot and cold now it seems to be you know steady so uh it's a, it's a great place to be yeah it's 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 booming for sure and i mean especially during the pandemic right now i feel like a lot of productions have come up to canada because yeah. because our our covid cases are are a lot lower than than the states right now so that's really exciting when i was in film school i would actually go and visit sets mm -hmm. a lot just to watch and try and learn um i think my one of my friends and i we snuck into a parkade and we were right above um the flash actually they were filming awesome. and it was it was great a great learning experience we were close enough that we weren't on camera but that we could kind of hear dialogue between between actors and directors, which was quite um, informative and, and I, I really I really enjoyed. And then like we got to see stunts happen and we got to learn all these things, which was which I felt is really, really important. And that's something that you don't get in school. You have to get on set. And the only way that we could do that was by visiting these sets and trying to see what we could see without getting in the way. Obviously we didn't want to interrupt anything or get in trouble or get get people in trouble 
Mm -hmm. So yeah, I found that was super, super helpful to learn. Yeah. Um, so back, back to the school for a second, because that's another reason why I kind of have the bad, bad taste in my mouth about, uh, you know, uh, college uh, theater schools. Uh, I talk to people from, you know, really top-notch uh, programs that literally had no classes on what are agents, how do you succeed in the industry, what is a mark, which actually that part I find even more uh, annoying because if you're theater, there is a mark on stage as well, totally. right? So uh, did you have in your schooling, did you have any classes that actually deal with on camera, that deal with, uh, you know, the business aspect of it? Was that yeah, a business curriculum? We did. I went to, I went to the Vancouver Film School, which, which has a one-year program that I did. Okay. And in that they had, they had like your acting classes, you had acting, movement, voice, yeah. all of that. But we did, we did have a business class. We had audition classes and we had on-camera yeah. classes as well, okay. um, which was really good. I also have, I mean, like my mother was in advertising and, and my dad was a, a, or is a commercial mortgage broker. Yeah. So I have like quite a, like a business mindset. So for me, like I, I, the business class, I was like, okay, hey, I got this. Let's go. Um, yeah. And I found that those are really important. And we did stuff on like kind of seeing where we fit in the industry in terms of like, mm -hmm. you know, what's your age range? What kind of roles are you going to go up for? Cause when you're in, when you're in, uh, yeah at theater school or, or a, a film school, you're, you're full of piss and vinegar and you're ready to hit the world and tackle any role that comes your way. Right. Like, but it's, it's difficult, especially starting off. You gotta, you gotta kind of hit your, your type for sure. And, and for me, that was, that was like pretty much Melvin, right. That like nerdy guy, which I am, I'm like, I'm a, a really shy guy and, I, and I'm a really nerdy guy. So I was like, that's, that's right up my alley. Let's, let's go, let's do it. Yeah. Um, are you going to do any different, uh, uh, any different looks as you're doing your short films, as you're creating things? Do you want to step out into a different type and show, you know, another side of you? I mean, I feel like I always want to, uh, like as an actor, like we're always kind mm -hmm. of looking for, for anything new. Um, I'm not opposed to doing, to doing something like Melvin again. Like, I think that's, that's quite fun. And I, I enjoy doing that for sure. So mm -hmm. I'd be open to kind of doing the same type of role. Um, the short films, yeah, are a little bit, a little bit different and I'm really excited about. Um, maybe I'll have facial hair. I don't know. We'll see. It's, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity to show the industry something else because the industry tends to view you in one particular way. And oh. until you show it another way and more than once, then they may not understand it. So uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's all good. Very cool. Well, listen, uh, best of luck to you. Uh, you're starting off your career on a great note. Obviously, you're doing something right because you keep on uh, being brought back by a very serious uh, you know, show on a very serious network. So, yeah. you know, crossing my fingers for you, knocking on wood. And uh, yeah, best of luck. I'll be rooting for you. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks to everybody for tuning in into another episode of The Love of Acting. This is 2021, so please, 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 please continue being safe, continue being careful, um, you know, social distancing, wear a mask, let's be smart, let's get over this and uh, hit 2021 and hopefully 2022 on a really good note. Thank you, everyone.